Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, here we are, as per usual, on the broadcast roof. Myself, Catherine Whitaker, and David Lord. That is all business as usual. We're brought to you by The Telegraph and by Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open in the UK. That is all business as usual. What is not usual is that we are joined also, I'm so delighted to say, by Mary Carrillo. Mary... Thank you. So happy to be back. And I love that we're watching we're in the we're watching the end of a fabulous mixed doubles match right now. It, we literally we have it on the phone, we have it on the table, we're on it sitting on a picnic table on the broadcast roof. <laughs> we can hear the live roars from court number one. Uh, but we also have my, my, point. my brand new phone. I'm very glad. Uh, it's almost as if I bought it exactly for this moment. Fifth match point for Murray and Azarenka. I know, I was doing this match earlier. It's been very exciting. I tell you what, mixed doubles is good, isn't it? I've only taken 25 years to sit through a proper match. I don't know if you tuned into this podcast in order to get live, uh, pre-recorded live commentary of the end of a mixed doubles game, but that is is what you're going to get. It is match point to the uh, team that has been labelled by Mother Judy as Mazarenka. And they've done it. Look at that. So hang on, that's a semi final. <laughs> into what, what round are we? I don't even know what round we're we into are. the semi finals, at which we were in the football until it all went horribly yeah, wrong. Yeah, semi finals is where it goes belly up. Yes, but many congratulations, as you people say. Yes, thank you very much. It's not just one congratulation, many of them. Yes, that was a, a big triumph of ours to that's get good. through the last four. Doesn't happen often. It would do. David's just being all magnanimous and positive about it because he's trying to claim to be Croatian now. Well, I am sort of. You know, my wife, who is, who is Croatian. No, yeah, David, I, I understand your whole your whole situation here, but at some point you must pick a lane. Yeah, I did exactly. Pick a lane. He told me last night when I texted him saying I'm sobbing in front of the telly. <laughs> I am unbroadcastably anxious. Was my first message, and then the second one, just minutes later, was about my uncontrollable sobbing. He said, "Yeah, I had really mixed feelings when all three goals went in." Like, that's the text you want to receive, isn't it? My, my daughter was delighted. She, first of all, she didn't watch it. So my daughter and my son and my wife, they all, I, I said, I, I, what do you think of the football? I said, we're watching Adal Del Potro. I'm like, oh, OK. Hey, you know what? That was a jump ball. That's what we call a jump ball in the States because they were both 
magnificent. Well, my brother and my dad were lucky enough to be on centre court uh, for that match. My brother had plans to leave to come to my place to watch the football. He abandoned those plans due to the quality of the match. He said it was the best tennis he'd ever seen live and possibly the best tennis he had ever seen, period. Can you... And and what about Andy Murray calling the match for the beat? Wasn't that lovely? And, And, like, midway through the fifth set, he just gently said there was some preposterous you know rally and and you know Nadal ended up in the stands and he just quietly said do you always get to commentate matches like this yes it's <laughs> how commentary it was... is <laughs> they need to stick him on Anderson Isner right oh boy no he said Andy said that was the best match he's ever seen live and I'm, I'm. That's you got to put that right up there. He's I seen, love that match. He's seen a lot of live tennis. And he has, and, and he's I'm, been part of a lot of live I'm tennis. I'm so pleased with the BBC that that match went on long as well, because for the first like hour and a half of it, they, you know, they had this, you know, big scoop of getting Murray commentating, and nobody was watching because, right? uh, well, right. I assume not because Anderson was busy taking Federer to five sets, so yes. everyone was watching uh, BBC One Federer, and Murray, oh, <laughs> Murray was commentating to an audience of, well. <laughs> Maybe Judy. <laughs> yeah, I think she was taping it at least. Um, just before we get on to it, any more of that, I've got to go in a minute for, for something else because I've got to go and report about the Azarenka Murray score for the BBC Radio listeners. Just tell you them all, heard it here first. Just tell them all to not. listen to the tennis, but say if you want to know what happened. Yeah get the latest tennis podcast download the tennis podcast yeah. in about four hours that's, um, that's really BBC yeah. I love how this works yeah it, that, this is this is new style technology and broadcasting just before before I go that yeah. we've just come out Mary of the Serena Williams press yeah. conference after she's reached the final here I just I mean she spoke for 15 minutes mm-hmm. I was thinking back, you know, Kim, I was hearing Kim Kleister's talk about the the day that she basically got defaulted from their match for having to go at that the line US judge. Open. And the difference in this woman, yes. 10 years on, or nearly 10 years on, is just incredible. Yes, everything about her is... I'm, I'm not surprised that she's in the final. I thought she was under-seeded at 25. Um, but to see what she does, I mean, she has... She just seems to be getting better on the court, off the court, hourly. I asked her, and, and I actually wanted a genuine answer in that press conference. Um, who's over the last ten months? Whose footwork is better, yours or Olympia's? And she said, "That's actually a good question." She's—I mean, only because I—I I think she's she her tennis is gotten so good so quickly. These are not baby steps that she's taken. Her baby has been taking baby steps, and and it sounds like she's lunging about like she wants to. I think she's going to be a lot like her mum. Is what I'm saying. These her, are very ambitious people. The whole family. Her top serve speed this tournament is the same as Novak Djokovic's, 122 and, miles per hour. And Catherine, remember coming into this tournament, she gave a press conference where she said that she was only starting to serve. She was bending them in uh, in the week before Wimbledon began because of her pec injury. And she said, "I haven't." Got, and she said, "I haven't gotten anywhere near 120." And now she's now she's popping in the heat. Now you mentioned being underseeded, yes. Mary. How important, in hindsight, and obviously this is a sliding doors. We'll never. There's no scientific answer. How important was that seeding to give her the time to play herself into form? She's still done it extraordinarily quickly, but there's no doubt the level she played in the first match was a way off the level she played today. She has played herself into form so quickly, but the draw, this was the first top 50 player she's exactly. played so far today, the draw has allowed her to her to do that. I think that's true. I mean, she's had a soft draw. I remember when uh, Rafa Nadal won the US Open last year, I don't think he played anyone in the top 30. It was bizarre, right? And, and then, you know, Kevin Anderson made his way there, so, and that was a pretty easy match for him too. Um, but I mean, the fact that she's only played, what, 11 matches now? 
<laughs> since and she, she had a baby. She doesn't even really seem to count the first no. few, does she? She no. calls it comeback one and comeback two. Right. And I, what she also said that, uh, she said this a while back, that people always talk about the trimesters in pregnancy. She said what, what she's learned about is the fourth trimester, post-labor. I mean, that's when she, things really started getting complicated and, and dangerous for her. I mean, she and was then, in great distress. And you see the vulnerability in that press conference. And she's so open about it. Absolutely. No, no, no. This is, um, I, I've never, and I've watched Serena since she was a little kid. I've followed her whole act. I've never liked her or respected her more than I like her right this second. She's put a moratorium, or they mutually have put a moratorium, on Patrick Moratoglu yes. speaking to the media. I don't know how he's coping. I don't know how he's <laughs> sleeping at night. I don't... I, I mean, uh, he is like he having to muzzle himself? I just... <laughs> she, she was asked about that in today's press conference, in fact, Catherine, and she, she didn't want to answer it properly, and she just said, well, we're trying something new. I think the fact that Patrick sort of scolded her in the press for having played doubles... At, at, mm. In Paris, I think that I think it was, and she said, and he said, I'd never want her to play doubles again. I mean, he was pretty emphatic that he thought that was a big mistake. I think maybe she, maybe she, uh, that I, bothered her that he is. I mean, the guy is, and all he wants to do is talk about it. I've always found it a curiosity, a really intriguing, pleasantly surprising curiosity that she's been so comfortable with how he does talk to the press so, yes. over the years. I remember when she uh, lost to Roberta Vinci semifinals of the U.S. Open. She, I mean, she did that sort of 45-second press conference oh, and then yeah. stormed out. And, and her route out of uh, the building to a waiting car uh, went via uh, the the uh, the media garden, which is where myself and uh, Eurosport producer were waiting. And she had to storm past Patrick Moritoglu, who's doing an impromptu press conference of his own. <laughs> In that media garden. So she was busy storming out of a press conference Look, Pat- past Patrick. There's no doubt about it. He is a player too. And and he likes he likes people coming to him and asking him about all manner of things, but especially, particularly Serena. Look, everything she's doing is working. And I love, uh, she's got that ferocity back in her game. And but she's also got this calm that I'm very impressed with. She drops this, the first set to Camilla Giorgi, who's playing lights out. You know, for a set, Camilla Giorgi did everything right, made very few errors, and you know, and she never seemed to panic at all. And and she's been that way. She the last couple of matches she's had were, they were worthy opponents, and she took them down. And there was a sense of serenity. Right? She didn't panic. Yeah, that's it. She talked about that a lot, didn't she? The calm she felt when yeah. she went, went to set down. You know, and, and she's admitted that she talked up a good game coming in here about how she wanted to win the tournament, but she, I don't think she really believed until <laughs> no. the last couple and of she, rounds. And she, the reaction at the end wasn't one of, oh, I expected that. There was a, no. there was yeah. a joy no. about her reaction that was so genuine yes. and, um, and, and innocent yes. almost. You yes. know? It, was, it was lovely to see, really, to see this player stripping back the layers of, of experience and all the grand slams. It, it is like starting... A little from zero because of her circumstance, I think. I've got to go. Okay. Well, so, all right. We can go on without this guy. It means you get your own microphone, Mary. Look at, oh, look at that. He's <laughs> literally that. running. But that I is do the think... sight of a six-foot-eight man sort of running, <laughs> in case you've not seen that before. Down he goes. He makes it look so easy. I, I really wonder if when, when all this is said and done and when Serena Williams is old and grey and full of sleep, that she <laughs> considers this to be at least one of her top three proudest achievements. 
just reaching the final regard. No, just winning. If she Saturday. were to win Wimbledon and 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 get her eighth title here, beating Steffi Graf and and tying Margaret Court's Grand Slam, you know, title record, I just after having a baby. I mean, that, and, and almost, she'll be 37 in September. I got to assume that that's got to be among the greatest things that one of the greatest ever has ever done. If she doesn't win, Mary, yes. it's still a great, great thing. But will it just get forgotten? No, I don't, I don't think so. First of all, I, I, can't, I, I can't see Angie Kerber beating her. Really? Um, no, I really, I mean, yeah, that's not fair to say. Angie Kerber's playing very nice ball. But... Um, no, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm just so happy to have Serena back. I thought there was a real, I mean, I don't think anyone genuinely stepped up in her absence. You know, give me the balls. Give me, I, I'm taking it. All right, she's gone. Here's my chance. You know, we had some nice, obviously some nice moments last year in her absence. But I, I'm very happy that it's Kerber and, and Williams fighting for the Women's Championships. After all the cockamamiosity of the first week. <laughs> You know, everybody just falling like flop. I mean, everyone's dropping and losing. The fact that we have two Grand Slam champions going for another another Wimbledon title is, I think it's going to be lovely. Were you a little bit disappointed today in Ostapenko? Yes, Herber? yes. Yeah. But that's the deal with, with, with Ostapenko, right? I mean, it's that's... It's kind of how she plays. I was impressed with how, I mean, Kerber completely recognized she needed the double break, didn't she? Yes. At a set and three love, she was like, yeah. I know what Yelena Ostapenko does when she's a set and three love down. Correct. I need this double break. And lo and behold, Ostapenko did start mounting the fight back. And Kerber started getting tentative. And she did. but And had she not had that double break, I think, you know, we could have had a third set. They could still be playing now. <laughs> Could but be. It Could was be. all about but that I didn't double like, break. By the way, I, I, I was underwhelmed by Ostapenko's press conference. Ooh, and I I've didn't read it. I, haven't, I didn't see her in person say yeah. it, but if you read her press conference, she was complaining, basically, about the fact that center court played so slowly. And it, it was just a different... And I'm thinking, wait a minute, honey, you know... That's. I don't think that was. You know. Was that her first center court match it, today? It may have been. She, it may have been. But I just. I. I don't know that yeah, she, she kept bringing one. it up. She kept bringing it up. Ooh. She said court one was faster. My attitude is, Kerber got a lot more shots of hers back. Has and Ostapenko ever played Wozniacki? And <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that's a very good question. Uh, for which I don't have an answer. But I have to look that up. Um, okay. Well, that's a little bit disappointing. She's, it is. She's. She's a badass, isn't she, Ostapenko? <laughs> She's just a badass, and that has bad you, you sides seem to, to say it. that. You seem to say that. Uh, it, no, it's, I think it's, it's great. I was going to say. But I, it all, obviously, it can't be unilaterally great. Right, right. All the best people aren't unilaterally brilliant because those people are just annoying. Yes, exactly right. I think. Anyway. Uh, I'm, so, so I'm in agreement. Now. Where are you putting... You're putting Kerber's chances pretty low. I am putting Serena's chances very high. <laughs> so and with Kerber be- can make here's the thing and, and you, you you know this when I first started I mean I've covered tennis I'm elderly I've covered tennis a long time I used to think the single greatest shot in women's tennis for a long time was Steffi Graf's forehand and I really clung to that and, and really thought alright this is the best single shot a woman has ever struck now I, I certainly think it's Serena Williams serve how do you how do you fight somebody who has that much control of their serve and Kerber we, as we all know her serve can really shake. That's why I just feel like it's tilted so much Serena's way, especially on grass where, you know, there's so much scootage off the, off the grass and off the blades. And Do you think you'd be saying that regardless of the opposition on Saturday, almost? I think Kerber's got the best chance to yeah. beat her. I'm saying, I mean, and this wow. is, yeah, 
Uh, that's, and again, I, if Angie wins, that's great. I think she's lovely. But I think she is at heart a counterpuncher. And on grass, I want somebody... Look in, at the, in, look in at, spirit and in game. Yes, that's exactly right. It I suits want, her to be the gutsy losing finalist. She sort of accidentally won those the Grand Slams a couple yeah, of years ago. Almost, and almost. Ended up world number one and then said, hang, hang on, this isn't supposed to happen. I don't want everything that comes with this. Right. I, look, I'm not. I, if Angie wins, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I just have a feeling that, that I mean, Serena it's, is... It's, it's, the script is written, isn't it? It's, yes. She just has to read it out. I think so. I mean, it's hers to to my mind. The only the only question I have for Serena right now is her fitness. She still seems to there after some long points. You can see her trying to fill her lungs back up again. Yeah, Gerges didn't do a good enough job of moving her side to side. Did she? She hasn't really been tested physically entirely no. yet. Right. This right. this tournament and Kerber can do that Kerber to can. anyone. Kerber can. I mean, if if it's not working game-wise, just drag it out as long as possible. At least ask the question of her. My big question is serve. That's yeah. always my, my big question. I, here's my here's my theory on tennis. I, I've never <laughs> the whole seen you of play. tennis. I can you can be the number one player in the world, Catherine Whitaker. Okay. Here are the rules. I mean, I've got my arm in a, in a You're makeshift in sling right now. <laughs> here's here's my three rules of tennis. When I when I give clinics, I, I I've taught quite a bit over the years. When I I, I say to I say, all right, here are the three rules. You have to hold serve. Yeah. You have to have one big strength, whether it's a big forehand or a great volley or footwork, foot speed, whatever. And you have to be able to hide your weakness. If you can do two out of three of those th- things, hold serve, big strength, hide a weakness. If you can do two out of three, but one of those two has got to be holding serve. That's the rule you cannot break. You can hold serve and, ha- and be able to hide a weakness. You can hold serve and have a big strength. But you have to hold serve. And that is why Serena Williams has got 23 majors and is looking to win her 24th. Discuss. Those are my rules. Yeah, I mean, I don't hold serve. So, um, <laughs> I struggle I am, to do I am that Evidence myself. in favor of your theory. <laughs> Those are the rules. If you can decide, if you can figure out a way to hold serve, you too can it be makes number it, one in the world. You make it sound so easy, though, Mary. It's no, like those are hard uh, during rules. the uh, <laughs> during the Federer Anderson uh, match yesterday, they had Boris Becker on uh, on TV commentary on the BBC, and and I enjoy his commentary very much. But he was put on the spot by who was leading the commentary at that? I think it was uh, Mark Petchy. He said, "What's uh, Federer is in a, a, a sticky position?" Ended up getting a lot stickier um he said what's what's roger got to do and boris said he needs to find a way to win points <laughs> and okay. i thought well that's a good rule too. yeah you've, All right, you've ne- <laughs> yes that you know what it's hard to argue with that isn't it yeah. but here's the thing and and boris is a great example athletes win wimbledon the best athletes in the history of this championship are the uh, are the ones who win it the most whether it's martina navratilova or pete sampras or roger federer or Steffi Graf, and now Serena. This, this more than any other surface, rewards jocks. And I think Serena Williams is a remarkable jock. Talk to me then about John Isner and Kevin Anderson. You're an American. I'm, yes. I'm looking for people that are getting excited about this match, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping you might be my gal. <laughs> can I tell you that? So uh, Justin Gimelsov, I work with him at Tennis Channel, and he's a great friend of John Isner, and he's coached him in the past. Yeah. And he's, he's very much a part of that team now. And so I was actually in the Tennis Channel green room, not watching uh, the Isner Roundage match. But I asked, and, and you know, Justin, he wandered in, and so I started asking him 
about the match, but it, that's to me they take the tennis out of tennis. And I again deep respect for both of them. I know how hard Roundage and Isner work. And Justin says, "Yes, you called a match of there." He remembered. He said, "You called a match of theirs a couple of years ago, and you said that it set it set tennis back 30 years." Well, this so is I said I was... that on the air, and <laughs> I, I actually thought I had said 40, but Justin thought it was 30, <laughs> only because it's it's hard to, but. But I think Isner has worked so hard on his return game. It's why he beat Raonic. And it could be... Look, I'm delighted for them. They're both in their first... Uh, well, yeah. he's in his first ever semifinal. The guy has always had a losing record, Isner, at Wimbledon. Which is, which is such an oddity. Yes. oddity. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm very happy for him. Um, and I love Kevin Anderson. We all yeah. Do. If it was Isner against Nadal or something like... You know, yeah. it's the... I don't want to... It's not them as individuals. They completely <laughs> earn their position. We just Correct. so wish the draw it's had been. It's, it's matchups. It's matchups. Matchups is everything. Matchups are everything, on and off the court. <laughs> We're covering philosophy. We're covering all the things. Um, John Isner might end up being responsible for bringing Donald Trump to Wimbledon. That cannot Luring be. Donald Trump Can I tell you way. something? I, I don't know how much uh, your audience follows American politics, but... Everyone follows American okay, politics. Okay, uh, yes. Well, Martina Navratilova has invited on Saturday for the women's final Michael Avenatti, who is the now famous lawyer for Stormy Daniels, the woman who is there suing Trump. Oh, yeah. So my Aunt Martina, as you can imagine, does not have the same sensibilities as John Isner. No. And so if, if Donald Trump and Michael Avenatti, that would be a match I'd like to watch on center court. For, this guy is goes after him. For Martina, who has U.S. citizenship, I know you won't want to speak on her behalf, but how does she feel about John Isner? Is she able to separate her, you know, is she able to just support him as a, a sportsman and as a and, as you, a countryman and, and separate the, can you separate? If, I, if there if are people good, that speak I don't know about it publicly, which he has, yes. this Night. He said uh, he'd be we, proud to is have it Donald wrong Trump. Of us to, he said, awesome. He said it'd be awesome said and be proud. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I happen not to agree with that particular statement. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't think Martina would agree with that statement. I don't know that she'd go after him. Yeah. I mean, it's I think. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean. I can't, I, I don't see it happening, by the way. Yeah. It would be. He's got would golf be, to play in Scotland. <laughs> That's no, and what also I've just heard. security for Turn all that. Turnbury, watch out. There's no way the All England Club is ready to have Donald Trump come to centre court. You think court. the security would be greater than for the royals? <laughs> We've had royals. Hey, hey, so the, Madame the, Markle, whatever you call her, the Royal Duchess, the Duchess of, of Sussex, is coming on Saturday. She's is coming she? to watch Serena. Oh, well, he can come it's, too. They the can palace share, has made they, a statement. They can share a security detail. <laughs> can you imagine, have you seen the giant blow-up baby? Uh, not not <laughs> personally. You might see it floating over Wimbledon tomorrow. <laughs> oh, look who's, look who's decided to wander back. Hello, Miss Fudge. We have covered, I think we're, we've we're, covered, we're on to Donald Trump. We're we've on devolved. Trump, David. Uh-oh. You've missed a lot. <laughs> you left us. Are we going to get arrested? Um, and we've we've moved on to the giant inflatable Trump baby, mm, which right. might be floating over Wimbledon tomorrow. I see. Mm. I wasn't expecting that. No. I've just been talking about Harriet Dart and Jay Clark <laughs> reaching the mixed doubles semi-final against Jamie Murray. Harriet Victoria. Dart and Jay Clark. Oh, aren't they like two of Harry Potter's closest friends? <laughs> they're, they're about that sort of age group, you know? I have too, to... The names are too English, yes, aren't they? Harriet Dart. So all British... Well, not all British. There will definitely be a British player in the mixed doubles final. Which there has been for the last, like, last year there was Britishness on both sides of the net, wasn't it? Because Heather Watson and Henry Continent. Correct. Yes. Anyway, 
Uh, we haven't. The only we've we've done the women's, David. Mm. We've we've definitely said everything there is to say about Isner Anderson, unless you've got, you've got you've any, got something. You, I was only away for about sixty seconds. Yeah. You've already fitted that in, have you? Yeah. Right. Well, have you got anything to 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 add? Yeah, it's going to be big serving. There we are. Yeah. Tie, tie breaks. Possibly, yeah. Does anyone care to make a prediction there? I am going for John Isner. I, I am too. Are you? I'm going to give him. I'm going to give. Look, the guy's but, 33 years old. He's never played better. Kevin Anderson is committed. He is. He, he is. commits. He, he doesn't come on. He commits. Uh, he, that's the technical term, is it? He, that's what he says on the His team aren't allowed to say come on. They have to say commit. Wow. He's done all this sports psychology yes. stuff, yes, and it's all about language and framing things. And you're looking at me like uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking absolutely. I'm, I'm ge- I mean, sports psychology, incidentally, is one of the it's one of the untalked about facets of tennis. And which a lot of would the music. So, yeah, I mean, Simona Halep and Andy Murray went the to the same, same one. Why are we not? getting her on the tennis podcast yeah, exactly. why, why, why is everybody why not interviewing her Can I just say, yet? so John Isner when he won Miami his first Masters 1000 title he thanked a whole gaggle of people a herd of you know friends and family <laughs> and he that included he included his sports psychologist and and this is the first time I've ever heard this in a in, in an acceptance speech he thanked his chiropractor <laughs> <laughs> he did. It was fabulous. Like, wow, That's what nice happens call. when you're 32 and winning titles. That's exactly what? right. And now Federer he's... never thanked his chiropractor. Yeah. And now he's 33 and he's playing his best tennis ever. And uh, it's about time he he lit up some grass courts. So I'm he, happy for he him. Is... It, I, I actually liked his answer that that now I can finally put 2010 behind me. Yeah. Know? Do you think he'll get a blue plaque for reaching the final? <laughs> Because he's got a blue, there's a blue plaque on court 18, isn't there? Is it blue? I don't know, but it's there. And I mean, they had to make it pretty big to fit all the digits in. (laughs) Um, So the only, I think the only thing we haven't covered is looking ahead to Nadal Djokovic. Mm. Take 50... uh, 52. 52. 26-25 in favour of Novak Djokovic. Is that, of all of the matchups, that one is the the longest running, huh? More than Federer and Nadal. I don't don't think people understand how much... It's the highest number of of matches. And and I mean, how incredible, isn't it? To think that they've split basically 51 matches between yeah, them I that's mean that's pretty good I like Nadal in that I like Nadal because I think as well as as Djokovic has come back we talked about this in Paris there are comebacks and there are come all the way backs yeah He's, he and Serena are doing the come all the way back thing here at Wimbledon I'm happy to say but has, it, I think he still has those mental lapses that yeah. might allow someone like Nadal who has never taken a point off in his career to, to that would edge. be my question mark. There, there were grouchy yeah. patches yesterday, weren't mm. there, from Djokovic? His tennis level, basic level, is enough at the moment, yeah. I think, to take out Nadal if he could stay constant. Right, just but that's the question. That, that is the problem. As you say, I mean, he it did not look like he was going to lose a set yesterday level-wise, and yet he still did. Right. You, can you get away with that against Nadal? I can't imagine that you can. Isn't he looking good? He is, but he could be tired. Bless him. Could I mean, tired? that was gruelling. Yeah, that was pretty... That pretty. was gruelling against Alpocho, and it finished late. You know, hours, hours matter. I, can I tell you that when they semi-final. played that match for the Australian Open, that went, what, it was five hours Ooh. and 53 minutes? Remember that match? Mm. Yeah. Crazy and remarkable. Actually, uh, it was disturbing for, for me um, because it lasted so long and it was so physical and it was on a hard court. I genuinely think that took a year off both of their careers. That one match. Yeah. It, it, Just was to recover the, from it. Was that a moment that you thought maybe, right, it's time for best of three at these things? or? I, you know, um, 
My feeling is mostly... No, uh, look, I've, I love five, I've, I've seen some glorious five-cent matches. I, I'm not sure exactly where I land on that, except that to me, it's not, it doesn't have to be a fifth set. It has to be the last set, you know? And if people see the finish line early, then they, then they would probably bring their best right away and not try to pace themselves. And if there were best of three on the men's side, there'd be a lot more women's matches on the big courts. You know, you'd get more matches in. You wouldn't have to play two men's match and a women's. Yeah. I have to say, I'm coming around to the idea of splitting it down the middle or at least having the last three rounds best right. of five on yeah. both men's and women's when you have fewer matches That's to fit right. in. You don't need to worry about that element as much. And you wouldn't get a situation like today when I feel as though both Ostapenko and Gergers, right. well, certainly Ostapenko, might have made a better fist yeah. of it if she'd had more time. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, it's... And that's why I think this Djokovic Nadal match can go can go long as well, you know that that has a, the chance of going long, um, and I'm not, I'm not. It doesn't long matches don't necessarily ennoble matches, you know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Raonic and Isner that could be <laughs> like that's the same point over and over again, right? Uh, when ground strokers go up against each other, it's the same point over. Djokovic and Murray play the same rally over and over again, which is sometimes why those matches don't. I'm not. I'm not terribly excited about those matchups, but I think we've got a nice weekend ahead of us. I, I found one more question about um, Isner Anderson. Did actually, you? yeah, I, and I was going to ask. I was going to ask it before, but it's better actually that you're here as well, David. Two people with longer memories than me. <laughs> well, that's a nice way. Right. We're, we're old. I was text- we, can, we can just go over here and have our own podcast, if you like, Mary. You know, the, 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 the I didn't seniors. come here to be insulted. Tennis podcast seniors. I was texting my brother last night post his extraordinary time on Centre Court and, and uh, about um, Isner Anderson and the prospect of... Uh, uh, no, Isner Raonic and the prospect of Isner Anderson. And he said, you know, makes you so grateful and glad for tennis as it is now because this was tennis in the 90s. That's right. Is that what tennis was like in the well, 90s, pretty universally? There was, on a, the men's there was definitely side? a period. I mean, I mean, if you think back to the 94 when we the final between Goran and Pete Sampras, mm-hmm. where ju- there just weren't rallies right. at all. And that's why they changed right. the courts, right? And I know they got a hard time for that because apparently that's why Tim Herman didn't win Wimbledon. But, you know, I'm really glad they changed the, changed the courts. Yes, um, and that's why I think I think uh, and at Roland Garros, I think they were they were tired of like Sergi Bergeros and all those you know that that whole there was a, that whole, they, I think they tried to speed up the courts, the red mm. clay courts. You know, you're always trying to like in in baseball back home. Sometimes if the pitchers are dominating baseball, they'll lower the mound so they have less leverage and all that kind of stuff. So you can always be tweaking around and stuff, and that's all fine. I, I still prefer... Uh, I, I wish the grass... Oh, I love grass. This place is ridiculously gorgeous and beautiful. Um, but I must say, I like a faster hard court. I love the Australian Open. I just think in the last several years, some of the best matches we've had have been coming off of those hard courts, because there's some speed in them. I agree. And it, I agree. And it rewards... It rewards people who create, mm. right? Mm. You know, you're not just kind of faffing around on the baseline. How many, if you transport Kevin Anderson to the 90s, <laughs> she loved how many Grand Slams is he, would he win? Not many. I no? Mean, because he's not as good as these you guys. You don't think... No, he's no. not, is he? You, he's a good player. Is he but... as good as Richard Krajcek, Michael Stick? I don't think so. No, I, I, look, I, again, he, I like the man he's facing, Isner, they're playing their very best ball now in their dotage. 
<laughs> but the, canister-wise, Mary, yes. they're not because they went to college. Exactly. I think so actually, canister-wise, take four years off their life expectancy. No, add four years to their life expectancy. Career yeah. life expectancy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I think college. I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of the fact that they wanted to, they wanted to grow up there. You know, they wanted to, they wanted to do that. I don't know. I th- I'm hoping it's going to be. Uh, Let's just put it this way. When I saw the schedule yesterday for the men's matches, and they they put Raonic and Izzer, which could have been... That, that, that final set could have been 372 to 370, <laughs> and it was going up against World Cup. I was not surprised that they elected not to put that match on center. Or, f- or first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I thought that was a good decision by the club. A good deci- There have been a few good decisions by the club recently. Yes, we, we thought it was yeah. a splendid decision to put Djokovic on centre yesterday, yes. as irritated as I've, many people who treated me were. I've had a lot of were. people on Twitter accusing me of causing Federer's um, defeat. <laughs> I blamed you. By I I suggesting that it, it might like be good in the interest of fairness to maybe pop him on court number one at some point. I have, to, <laughs> I, I have to tell you a story. So Tony Gonsick, who's Roger's agent, was m- m- I, he was going on. I saw him the day before. I was watching Mary Jo and Lindsay Davenport, two buddies of mine, play their you know, Jurassic doubles over there. Legends, as they call it. <laughs> um, I tend to call it Jurassic doubles. And I'm a big fan. I, I immediately am stepping back from... Affectionately from, said. Just, <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting with Tony, and, I, and I'm sitting there, uh, and he's complaining. He's worried about the fact... Because he's got sponsors he's got to worry about. Now, all of a sudden, these sponsors... He's, Barilla and whatever. He's got a $300 million Uniglow deal. He's got a whole thing going, and, and Tony can't get... They didn't have tickets for court one. So Tony was you know, going on about all that and, and how complicated that is. And I finally said, Tony, is Roger as upset about this as you are? And he said, no one is as upset about this. Like, but here's, but that's beside the point. What was great is that uh, Federer's two girls were sitting watching Mary Jo. They love, they're very close. And, and Mary Jo loves them right back. And so they're watching. And Mary Jo and Lindsay Davenport are losing this match uh, to Hantakova and Bartoli. And, and Tony and I are just talking not about the match. We're kind of watching and kind of you know, just throwing it around. And one of Federer's girls says... To Tony, Mary Jo, they were, Mary Jo's about to lose. It's like she was actually paying attention to this <laughs> match, and Tony, and Tony said, "Well, that's okay, honey. Um, you know, it's not about winning or losing. It's about participation." To which this kid looked at him, this Federer kid, and said, "What's participation?" <laughs> She never heard of the word. She couldn't even grasp the concept. Isn't that lovely? That's my favorite story from the Fortnite. That's my favorite story of the year. Oh, <laughs> I, I, those kids. Although I did particularly enjoy uh, Vastas Alexander yesterday describing the route that Roger Federer took or would have had to take if it's anything like ours to, to court one and having to walk past bins <laughs> together. Anyway. What a terrible indignity to have to play on court number one at Wimbledon. Oh, boy. If anyway. that's the worst indignity that Federer is suffering in his life, I'm not. I don't think he'd have minded. No, I don't think he minded I think, as I said, I think it was more a function of how do I get enough seats? You know, how do I get enough? How do I get all my people into that court? Well, well apparently, you... sorry, apparently Serena, um, who what Marion was saying, she only she only gets two tickets for, yeah. for, and she gave one of them to Drake. There you go. Selling a little. 
or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. That'd be pretty cool, Drake it? didn't get to bring a guest. Wow. Yeah. Tough, Drake. Yeah. Drinking I mean, his white wine spritzes just solo. Do you think, do you think that's what being on court one made any difference, though? Because it is different out there, isn't it? Yeah, he, uh, he kind of alluded to that a little bit after the match, Roger. He thought it was windy, and I think it's it's windier on one than it is on center. Center's more more enclosed. But I, I don't think he was making an excuse. No, no, but I just, it, there's a different feel. There's got to be different sight lines, obviously. He was stroking it around, though, yesterday. He was not going for it uh, with confidence. Tentative. No, he, he, he was, I thought he played a, a pretty tentative match after the first couple of sets. He did. Um, um, but, and he had won, played, what, his last 19 matches on center, some ridiculous number. He hadn't played there on one since 2015. Um, but what I've come to understand about this is it's all about participation. <laughs> that's why I'm on your podcast. Uh, that's right. And uh, on that bombshell. Uh, I do love the way we just sort of ignore our own time limit for the podcast because Mary's <laughs> on it. And a story's underway and we're just like, forget it. We have just carry got, on. We have gone well over. I'm sure everyone tuned out like Absolutely. four minutes ago when we went over so. the 30-minute mark. Um, any other business just while we've got Mary, David? I just was sort of want to milk it, really. But <laughs> yeah. I, I'm Would you like be to know that the, the Blackberry punnet sitting in front of you was purchased from the, the very same shop that Rafael Nadal is apparently buying his groceries from. This Did you have to night. sell your car to buy it? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm told it's pretty pricey there. Yeah, Bailey and Sage, Wimbledon Village. Yeah, they don't let riffraff like me in there. <laughs> you, yeah, you might cause some havoc. The aisles are pretty narrow. Anyway, 
What are you I saying? Did, yeah. To manoeuvre around. I mean, if you'd have said headroom, I'd have been all right with it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that was a remark. Oh, I'm off. <laughs> I know from remarks. <laughs> Do we have anything else? I can't think of anything. No. What day is it tomorrow? Do you have any re- reports on <laughs> soon-to-be-out-of-date doubles it? matches? No, I don't. Uh, it's Friday tomorrow, so we start with Isner against, uh, who is it? Anderson. Anderson. And then, and then, <laughs> and then it's uh, Rafael Nadal against uh, Novak Djokovic. Who's going to win, Catherine? We haven't had your prediction yet. Well, before the tournament, I picked a Federer-Djokovic final. Before the tournament, he's so irrelevant. So Djokovic given is my only horse said. in this race. So I'm going to commit. So I'm going to go Djokovic-Anderson. And, and you, you guys should be committed. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to commit all over that. I'm going to go... I, I'd, I'd go Nadal, just because of that mental strength element. And I, I mean, think I sort of agree with I you. I think your face, isn't it? I've got to back my horse. And so what would, the, if, if Nadal were to win, so what would the major count be, Nadal and Federer? Roger's got 20. Nadal would have 18. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, is he, close, ca- is he catching him? Wow. If he gets to 18 and he wins on Federer's turf, yeah. is he catching yeah, Roger Federer and so, overtaking him before their careers are over? I, I, it's, it's undeniable. I mean, I, I have no problem with people saying that, he's, that Roger Federer is the GOAT. But as Andy Roddick says, you have to finish reading the entire book before you know how it ends. <laughs> He's so right, and that, that's when I, I'm always saying the same thing. Let's let's see, you know. Rafa yeah, my, feels like my these my too. book is not yet completed, David, because Mary, while you were away, uh, and I'm very glad you weren't privy to these tips as well, has taught me how to win it. Win at tennis. Win Wimbledon. Win, win Wimbledon. World, world number one was. You'll mentioned. have to listen to the podcast. Too. You already, you already <laughs> know how to win at tennis. Oh, you've I thought I me, did. Which is all that matters. I thought I did. So far, but now I really in our know. Best of three matches over a space of ten years. Just need to get my arm out of a sling and get going. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so hold on a minute. What do we? What do we all think? Who is going to end up retiring with the most slams out of Federer and Nadal? Oh. That's what I, I just told Federer. you my Andy Roddick story. I, I know. I think, but I want could, I think they could be even. Oh man! Imagine even. that. Imagine yeah. if they both retired on the same day that they ended up even. Even or Federer? I don't think Nadal is quite going to overtake. And you can't. Him. And you don't think Djokovic could? Could he's got twelve now? You don't think he can? A few years ago, I thought that was a real possibility. I think he's 31. It's just too many. My mind still goes back to what Roddick said at the Australian last year when he said how big a match that was, that Mm. final was, because if Nadal had won it, I think we would have been talking about Nadal right now as as overtaking him. I, I think he'll end up just short. Yeah. You think Roger stays? Federer's just not going to retire until he's got a healthy enough gap. Is Serena going to make 25? Oh, yeah. And beyond, I would think. Well I think beyond. she's got more in her. Yeah, I don't think she's looking to beat Margaret Court. I think she's looking to be Serena Williams, the all-time great. I don't. I don't honestly don't think she compares herself against anybody else. I think that would be good for the sport as well. It'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. So her story is it will cut through all the noise. I know we're all, particularly in. British broadcasting circles a bit, you know, demoralised by how much of a sideshow Wimbledon feels this year to the World Cup, as much as up until last night we enjoyed the World Cup journey. Um, for I'm still Some turncoats it. continued to enjoy it. But some, some of us with a foot in buzz camp. <laughs> um, but I really think that is a story, the Serena story will cut through all the noise yes. of everything else that is happening in the world right now. Um, 
and that would be very welcome. Kerber winning would also be welcome. It just have you two w- predicted on that one yet? Yeah, I, I went Serena. Well, I went for Kerber, but Mary's persuaded no, me. No, don't listen to me. So I think we're in for an epic. <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be an epic. Serena too. takes it. Yeah. Right. Staying on. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I suppose we'd better go and let Mary have dinner now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we've. I'll leave you with the. Um, the blackberries that I mortgaged my flat for, Mary's. Mary, that is your your That's my parting gift. Your part is like a party no bag. Do you have really? party bags in the states? Absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, that is it. That's very. I've got some really nice vinaigrette in my bag as well. If I we, can. We pay big on the tennis podcast, <laughs> yeah. don't we? And vinaigrette. Um, we we have been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph, with Amazon Prime Video UK, the home in the UK of the US Open, at which myself, Mary, and David Law will be doing. Well, David and I will be doing daily podcasts. I don't think Mary's signing up to, to appear every day. I think we can convince her. <laughs> um, and who else have we got? We've got our executive producers: Triple S, Melanie Bowes, TennisBalls.com, La Manga Club, and Charlie the Ferret. Who? He seems to be doing better. He's on the mend. He's on, on the mend. The Incidentally, mend. Melanie Bowes is going to be picking out questions in our guest editor listener question special over the next few days. My question to her is, what do you know that we don't? Because she the... is trouncing us all in the predictions competition for the second consecutive Irritating. Year. Irritating. Um, and we'll put that behind us and be back tomorrow. <laughs> 